The connection has to be a connection that I call it the marriage. I call it the real estate marriage. It really was kind of the above and beyond piece of the puzzle. And that was the thing that really did it. The sellers made that emotional decision to choose us over other offers that were on the table. That connection with the owners was definitely part of the equation for us too. You should have this relationship with your realtor that never ends at the closing table. Your realtor should be around for life. Building that relationship and having that is, is really key. It makes the whole process of buying that much better. Welcome to the Urban Connect Podcast. I'm Jennifer Arshambo, the broker and owner of Urban Provision Realtors, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have you tuning in today. If you're here, chances are you're a prospective buyer, seller, or a homeowner searching for clarity on the ever-evolving real estate landscape here in Texas, and you've come to the right place. In each episode, we delve into a myriad of topics, equipping you with the knowledge and tools to navigate the intricate realm of real estate effortlessly. From insider tips on how to prepare your home for a successful sale to insights on the latest marketing trends and everything in between, we've got you covered. So sit back and relax and get ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level with the Urban Connect podcast. Welcome to the first installment of The Anatomy of a Great Realtor, a captivating four-part episode series that delves deep into the real-life experiences and explores the qualities that define an exceptional realtor. In today's episode, we have a special guest, a former buyer, who will generously share their personal journey and encounters while working with realtors. Throughout this series, we will unravel stories that set apart an outstanding realtor from an average one. Prepare to gain insights, learn from authentic encounters, and discover the attributes that truly make a realtor exceptional. Whether you're actively searching for a property, planning to sell, or simply curious about the fascinating world of real estate, this podcast series is tailor-made for you. Brace yourself for the enlightening conversations that will revolutionize your perspective on what it truly means to collaborate with a top-notch realtor. Let's get started. So today's guest is Chad. Chad is a former client of mine, for full disclosure. In 2014, Chad and his family made the life-changing decision to relocate from St. Louis to the Austin area. They embraced the challenge of starting fresh in an unfamiliar place without any local connections and established a relationship with a trusted realtor. Today, Chad will take us on a journey recounting how he skillfully navigated the vast sea of real estate professionals to find a perfect fit for his family's Texas home purchase. Prepare to be captivated as he unveils his well-kept secrets that set apart exceptional realtors from average counterparts. Chad's firsthand experience provides a wealth of valuable insights enabling you to make informed decisions when selecting your own real estate expert. Prepare yourself for an enlightening journey of discovery where Chad will unravel the qualities that truly elevate a realtor to greatness. Chad, I'm honored to host you today and welcome to Urban Connect. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Looking forward to talking about this. So this is exciting. It's a very exciting topic because I know that your buying process, you are moving here from a different state. That's right. Yeah. And you didn't really know many people here. We didn't. We got started uh, looking... Once we made the decision to move, we started thinking through the process of, hey, how do we go about moving? And the first thing is, hey, we've got to find a house. And then, okay, realtor, how do we select that? And you go through a process as a, as a user, you know, as a prospective buyer to, how do I make my process? What are the things that are important to us? What are the things that we need to pay attention to? 
And with all of that stuff, you kind of come to your, your decision. Now for us, we were a big proponent of, you know, paying for the experience and the product that you wanted. We, you know, discount budging, jumping, you get what you pay for there. Um, and so we, we are not discount bungee jumpers. Uh, so we, we really wanted to make the decision right and, you know, put it into uh, some buckets to help us make that decision. So let's talk about those buckets because I think preparing yourself for a journey, whether it's buying a house or buying a car, it doesn't really matter. When you go in prepared, you make better decisions. So talk to me about your approach to selecting an agent. For sure. My wife and I are kind of two different personalities. I am the emotional decision maker and she is the practical let's make a spreadsheet decision maker uh, between the two of us we kind of have a great perfect combination of how to make a good decision and so she sat me down before i got really excited and said hey we got to think through this and we kind of came through came up with three buckets to put our decision making into the first one was basically how do we pick a realtor right save money is is the first one everybody always thinks about you know hey can we do it ourselves? What are the discount companies out there? What do we get for that? That has its pros and cons. And then the next piece of the puzzle for us was, all right, let's talk about real estate brands. You know, do we go with a big name brand? Do we go with a boutique brand? You know, you think about a big name, the reputation is built in. There, there is a roll of the dice when it comes to dealing with them. You know, you very well could get that agent who is a rock star or you may not make it the brand new agent who's never done anything before or a, a, a realtor that's not a hustler. And so you're kind of then stuck with dealing with that person for the length of time that you're you're buying a house. And, and honestly, really, if you're going to use word of mouth, which is the third bucket for us, you're going to pay the same as the person that you're probably going to find word of mouth. And so the word of mouth for us was great because it's really it's you're paying for a known quantity. It's like you're asking a friend to introduce you to their friend and that relationship is automatically built in. And that that personal touch is there because that friend doesn't want to let down their friend. And uh, so there's a little bit of, in, in our mind, when we made the decision, there's a little extra value for us there. And yeah, so for, for obvious reasons, that's the one we picked and we're glad we did. Since we didn't know anybody in Austin, we then had to go through the interview process and figure out, all right, let's start asking around who do we know? And then from there, you know, try to find the one that was the right fit. When you mentioned save money, right? What a lot of buyers don't know is in Texas, at least, that listing agent is compensating that buyer's agent, right? So navigating solo or trying to do it yourself saves you no money. A lot of people think maybe I can offer a little less because they're not paying a commission. Well, the buyer has no say-so in that agreement that's already been signed with that seller. The seller's already dictated what they're paying that brokerage to, to do the sell and how much they're, they're giving to another brokerage. So a buyer really can't come into the middle of that agreement. I mean, they could through negotiation, but oftentimes they're not. And you talked about word of mouth. And I mean, I've always said word of mouth is probably the best way to get your recommendation especially if that person has used that person in the last three, four, five, six months or has seen them perform in the last couple of months. Right. Yes. And it's interesting you mentioned that the part about buyers getting compensated from the, the selling, the person selling the house side of things. That wasn't something we knew coming into Texas. So for us sitting in, in St. Louis, um, Missouri does it differently. And so for us, 
our experience was like, well, what are we going to have to pay for this? And as it turns out, to your point, um, we learned that through the interview process. And so uh, we're like, oh, well, that helps us out a lot because then the pressure is off to say, you know, do we have to save money? Do we have to make, how, how does that factor into our decision? Yeah, do you have to buy a lesser house to free up some of your money, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you mentioned big brands. So I've always said the brand is not the company's name that's on the sign or that's on the office door. It's the brand is the human being that you're working with because the person makes the brand not the big flashy name. You would think that a big brand that was successful would have a great program internally to help their agents figure that out. And hey, this is how we represent ourselves. This is how we do business. This is operationally how you figure it out. That's not always the case, right? Sometimes you end up with that big brand is the name on the door. But to your point, the brand that you get is really disconnected from what they're selling you with the big brand name. Luckily, we've only ever made that mistake once, and that was all it took. <laughs> so, yeah. there are some there are some agents that are at big brands that understand that concept, but a lot of times the big brand is I'm going to call it giving them a corporate Kool Aid and saying please drink and believe in our brand and sell our brand. They forget to sell the brand of the human being that's in the front of the consumer's eyes. That's right. So we had an experience where we, we had lived in Colorado at one point in time and uh, through word of mouth had met an agent there. Um, they happened to work for a big brand, but for us, then the big brand kind of fell away. And, and, and to your point, the brand of that person was what we were interested in and, and really what we were attracted to and why we ended up using them and, and that real estate company to to do our transactions. So yeah, it, it, that that's a two-way street for sure. It's definitely, it's definitely. So I'm glad that you picked the word of mouth and we ended up becoming, you know, clients and then, you know, friends at the end. So let's talk about the interview process because I went through the interview process. I remember it, but for the, the listeners, let's talk about your interview process because I think it was not your standard. It wasn't the industry. It's nothing's really industry standard buyers, but like there's so many different ways that buyers interview their realtors and there's things that buyers think are important that really are not. So talk to me about your process. Yeah. So once we went through and said, hey, here's the parameters by which we are going to decide on choosing a realtor, we kind of threw those into interview questions and a, and a process. And for us living in St. Louis, it was virtually pun intended, impossible for us to meet in person. And so we ended up like doing kind of that virtual over the phone interview with you and, and other realtors, you know, as we started through the process and asking friends, we started with family and then went to friends. But so our, our family, we uh, have a brother-in-law who's also a realtor and he knew somebody here in town. The red flag for us there was that, you know, rather than dealing with the person that we were connected to, they kind of pawned us off into the next guy. And I think maybe that had something to do with um, maybe neighborhood. At that point, we weren't quite sure about what neighborhood we wanted to live in. But but anyway, it was it, did, it ended up not working out. And so I think it's important too, as you as you do word of mouth, that the person that say, "Hey, go meet John," that you're actually gonna talk to John and not John's partner or John's employee. Right, because John was never referred. I mean, John's partner or assistant was the one that wasn't referred. That's right. Yeah. So you, you're essentially at that point then just also rolling the dice like you would at a big brand going, okay, well, who are we getting here? Are we getting the rock star or are we getting the newbie? And so we also then kind of expanded our circle, asked a former friend who lived here in town and, and at one time was a realtor. And uh, hey, who, you know, who should we talk to in town? 
and they recommended you, steered us towards urban provisions. So we ended up interviewing you a couple of times over the phone and in talking to you too, what was great was, it was like, hey, here's the three or four neighborhoods we're thinking about. And you were like, okay, so this one I'm an expert in, which is where we live now, Circle C. I don't know that much about this, but I, I know somebody who does. So you were you were very upfront and honest and, and transparent about here are the things that we, you know, that I know that I'm good at and here are the things that I'm not, you know, so you need to make a decision, right? You you weren't like trying to sell us. You were honestly giving us that information. And I think that's something important to look for as you're interviewing people. Like, is somebody really trying to get that deal or are they trying to help you with this gigantic decision you're making in your life? So your knowledge of of Austin and and Circle C was was really kind of what got us to to where we are and your knowledge and understanding of where we were in our lives was also really pretty key. I think that's important for everybody to think about as you make a decision on a piece of real estate. And in our case, we had younger younger kids. Our oldest at that point was in first grade, second grade. We knew that we were going to be in this house and in the school district for a long time. And so that factored into how we made our decision in talking with you about those kinds of things. It's like, well, here's where this part of the country or this part of the city is going to be in five years. Here's where, you know, we're talking about Circle C. This is where it's going to be in five years. Here's where it's going to be in 10 years. So it was really uh, made us, helped us think about commuting, the school system, what future development was going to happen that potentially was going to affect the value of our real estate, all those little things. And so as a potential buyer, make that list of things that you and or your family need and want out of a home and make sure that's part of the process for you. The first thing that you said was, you know, you had the brother-in-law that was a realtor that you kind of knew someone that you got referred here. The connection has to be a connection that I, I call it the marriage. I call it the real estate marriage. Like as a buyer, you're going to be working with your agent. Probably you're going to spend a lot of time with them. Sometimes just as much of time if you're married or dating that you're going to be spending with your, your significant other. So the level of like and trusting has to be mirroring of a relationship. Because if you don't like them and trust them, it's not going to work out. You're entrusting that person to help you with this gigantic decision, right? So it, it really is very much you are being very vulnerable putting your life essentially kind of into this person's hands. Like, hey, we're going to put you in this home. That really truly is like a, a marriage level kind of a relationship that you have with someone. It is. And what, what's even strange is this person on the other side getting compensated for the guidance, right? Which is, you know, a whole nother topic of a conversation. But, you know, this is why track put into place. And since, the, since 2014, they did it recently, is geographic competence. And you mentioned earlier that you wanted to look in a few different areas, right? I think the conversation we had is, you know, I live in the area. I don't know this area. I can probably figure it out, but I'm probably not your, your right one. But it's not just the houses that are selling and buying. Like we, you mentioned, where's the market headed? You know, commercial real estate breeds, you know, value for future real estate, for residential real estate. So, you know, you're going to be living in this house a long time. I want to be the agent when you decide to sell and move on to your next home that you're going to pick up that phone and call to. But if I don't know what's happening in the marketplace, 
for future, not just today, what's being built behind you. There was a pipeline that went behind you. We had to get a lot of information regarding that, right? Because you had to feel comfortable. You have to feel comfortable selling your house later, right? So there's there's all these things that an agent has to do and know beyond just how to write a contract, how to negotiate, how to get you to the closing table, how to collect that commission, right? But it's a complex battle, right? Because you want to make sure that you have all your information that you're, I always say that you're almost trying to talk somebody out of something to make sure that they really like it when I move forward. All those things you mentioned to me are sort of like the price of admission and and then the littlest things like, hey, almost trying to talk you out of it is the extra mile. That's one of those age old cliches everybody uses, but really, and that goes back to the relationship that you have with your, your realtor, right? If that person truly is in the relationship with you like a marriage, they are looking out for your best interest. They're really thinking about this on that practical and emotional piece. And so, yeah, for that, that like the relationship I, I have with my spouse, right? She's the spreadsheet person. I'm the emotional person. So we, we have those checks and balances. That is, that's key. So if you, as you're, as you're interviewing someone and you pick someone, have that in mind, try to find somebody who has that like checks and balances and does that extra mile. Well, I'll go back to a prior episode that I did. It was um, the emotions of buying real estate, right? So, you know, what we learned from that episode was buyers can't and sellers can't take that emotion out of a product or a space, right? So, I mean, that's a good episode to tune into if you're a buyer, but your realtor almost has to be emotionless in the transaction. So their emotions tied to getting you to the finish line, get, making you happy. Yes, earning a commission because that's their livelihood, right? But they need to take all of that away because even though your wife doesn't have a lot of emotion, there is emotion in the process. It's just hers is hidden, yours is more you know pronounced, right? But we have to assume that we're the non-emotional person in the transaction because you will be emotional somehow in the transaction. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I, I remember looking at our house uh, when we made the decision to buy it. And of course, it was it was me there, but it was um, in talking to Paula over the phone, there was definitely emotion on both of our parts. And, and to have somebody there like you that was like, okay, you know, whoa, let's go through this checklist of things to make sure this is the one that y'all want. Because, and, and at that time too, real, real, real estate, it was competitive to buy a house. And so it, it it's was like one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Not only do you have to make a quick decision that is emotion based, but there are all those other things that are, what are all the practical factors that you need to put in there as part of that quick decision making? So let's move on to when you knew. Like, yeah. what was the solidifying moment when you knew you had found your realtor? You'd interviewed a few people. When did you know? It really was kind of the above and beyond piece of the puzzle that as we talked to you on the phone and you shared more and more, it was like oversharing, right? Um, it's like, hey, this is, here's the recipe. Here's how the the cake is made. The recipe for how the cake is made, I'm going to show you the the entire thing. It's not, I'm not, I'm not hiding anything. It's not like a magic trick where... It's an illusionist on stage. It's like, hey, pay attention to this hand over here. That was really important for us. And that was the thing that really did it. And then with that in, in line too, then very quickly you got to work for us. Even when we were there in Austin, we were still in, in St. Louis. I remember some of the first houses that you showed were to my wife's uh, parents, my in-laws. And they would they would go look at houses with you. And you know, there were video and phone calls while that would happen. 
Um, so we were, they were our surrogate, um, house shoppers. That was huge, right? For us. And, and to, to be able to kind of do the work, even when we weren't there was, was the, easily the, um, it's like, okay, now we knew we had made the right decision at that point. Yeah, I always say when you know, you know, like yeah. use your gut, right? When you, if you think this is not going to be a, someone I want to work with long term, keep interviewing till the next, you find that next person. You were definitely working for us. It was clear, like we would get proactive phone calls from you. Like, hey, this house came up for sale. And to that point, I had been traveling at that point to to Austin from St. Louis and consulting and was on my way back home one Friday afternoon. And you called me up and said, hey, there's this house that's about to go up. You got to go see it. I can't make it to show it to you, but I got a guy who's going to come show it to you. Go look at it because I think it's right, right for what I got everything you're looking for. It's in the right neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. And so showing up, seeing the house, like we knew at that point that that was probably the house that we were going to buy. It was easy to fall in love with it. It had great curb appeal, walking inside. It was beautiful. The owners inside were similar term, you know, in terms of uh, what he did for a living, I did for a living kind of thing. And so it was, um, it was just really easy to see myself in that house. And so I remember we made the, the offer that day. I think it was maybe even that Next day, you call us up and we're like, yeah, there's like a bunch of offers on this house. You guys are <laughs> going to have to do something special here. Um, and I remember that, I can't remember if you told us to write the letter. I just decided, hey, it was it was a letter I needed to write. But um, it was like, there were things about the house too that were, were very, the same thing that they did to their kitchen, we had done to our kitchen in St. Louis. So there's this weird like connection there. And so I, I sat down and wrote this very kind of emotional letter and um had to also slip in the picture of the kids right they had to know that oh this is a family you're going to sell to these little girls little girls man it's like you know little kids and animals sell anything and the fact that your kitchen looks like their kitchen yeah, sold yeah. It probably <laughs> it probably was and so i think that that letter probably did the trick as i recall that we they they the, the sellers made that emotional decision to choose us over other offers that were on the table and they said nope this is these are the people so that connection with the owners was um, definitely part of the equation for us too. So it's not was not only a connection with you, but with the owners that we were buying the house from. Well, and I think that's the way it should work. I mean, you should you should be buying a house that you like as much as they did, right? And you should have this relationship with your realtor that never ends at the closing table. Your realtor should be around for life. To this day, we're still friends, and and that is true. And and I think that. That is um, testament to picking the right person, right? If it's somebody that you can hang out with after the sale, where there's nothing on on the on the line, that is really that's telling. And I remember as part of the process too, us moving to town and not really knowing a soul, you were able to help us with a lender. You had relationships with lenders, and you know you were the person that we we asked questions to long after the sale about integrating into the community, like. Hey, where do you go for this? What about this? Who does this? You got a, you know, you got a tree guy. Who's your doctor? All those kinds of questions. But the, but as part of the real estate process, the the transaction itself, knowing that lender and you saying, "Hey, I got a guy," goes to that word of the strength of word of mouth, right? I we trusted you to help us with this home. You're suggesting this lender, so we knew there was a built-in quality there already. Yeah, there has to be. I feel like. Your realtor has to be your therapist. They have to be your realtor. They have to be your guide through the community. And 
if they're not, I, I mean, in my opinion, they're probably not taking, they're not thinking of it as a career. They're thinking about just as a job to get a paycheck. And that's always how it felt, right? So because there's people out there that collect commission, they're gone. They never help you. The, the door is closed and, and, and that's their business. That's the way they do business. But I don't think that's truly exceptional. You can approach any business from multiple different ways, right? And, and still be successful. But each individual person has to decide what works best for them. And sometimes that kind of transaction is perfect, right? I'm just cold and calculated and I you know, thank you very much. And it's a completely a transaction. But I think for the majority of buyers who are making a big decision about buying a home that they and or their family are going to be in for a long time, building that relationship and having that is is really key. It makes the whole process of buying that much better. No, it does. And I think that you've said a couple of things that, you know, kind of go into my my kind of takeaway tips is, you know, connections key is kind of paramount in our industry. And, you know, the size of brokerage really doesn't matter. I mean, you could get really good at really big and you could get really bad at really big and you can get the same at really small. So that's why connection is key. You know, competence is huge. And Chuck has, Texas Real Estate Commission has put that into our requirements. You know, I'm a real estate broker. I have agents and I have to make sure that my agents are competent where they're selling. If they're not competent, they don't need to be selling there. So, you know, make sure that whoever you're picking is competent where you're wanting to buy and in an area diverse enough because you, when you first came, there were a couple of areas that you could have ended up in. Oh, yeah. Saving money will not save a headache at the end of the day. Um, you don't want to be popping any kind of pills for headaches. Um, and then word of mouth, I think, is paramount in our industry. That's a, it's a, yeah, uh, it's a great summary. So, Chad, I want to express my appreciation for generously sharing the, your personal buying experience. And, you know, your, everything you said is very valuable. You shed some, you know, I think a really big lie on some of the qualities that, you know, truly define a good realtor. The information is going to be, you know, incredibly enlightening to these listeners that are listening across Texas that are trying to jump into the buyer pool, which right now is kind of scary to jump into with, you know, lots of houses and really big interest rates. But so thank you again for your, your contribution to our community. Of course, glad to be here and glad to share. Thank you. So before we conclude today's episode, I want to offer you a glimpse of what awaits on the next episode. So get ready for an extraordinary continuation of the anatomy of a great realtor four part episode series that, you know, delves into those real life experiences and qualities to define an exceptional realtor. And then upcoming second installment, prepare to be amazed as I engage with conversations with Denise Hosack, a trusted mortgage professional and Margaret Liebes a highly regarded veteran of the title industry. Their valuable insights will offer a comprehensive and well-rounded perspective on truly what sets apart a great real estate agent from a, a unique one based on their viewpoints. So brace yourself for some enriching experience that will broaden um, your understanding and leave you in awe of these re remarkable individuals. So a heartfelt thank you goes out to all our listeners, whether you're tuning in from the comfort of your own home or on the go. I sincerely hope that today's episode of Urban Connect has been informative and valuable to you. If you've enjoyed the show, I kindly ask you to consider hitting the follow or subscribe button. Your support plays a vital role in helping us reach a broader audience and expanding the Urban Connect community. 
If you have questions or comments about today's episode, please don't hesitate to email me directly at jennifer at urbanconnectpodcast.com. I read every email I receive and I'm eager to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and your feedback. This is Jennifer Archambault and I look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode of Urban Connect.